Hi, and welcome back to Using My Degree. I'm your host, Ollie, and this episode is all about chocolate. Well, this is chocolate part one. And uh, I gotta say, we're recording this on uh, in National Chocolate Day? International Chocolate Day. Oh, yes, my apologies. International Chocolate Day, if you can believe that. You won't, because there's no evidence. Whoops! <laughs> oh my god. But today we're going to learn about chocolate. What is it? Where does it come from? Where will it go? Where did it come from, Chocolate Eye Joe? That was bad, but not as bad as how I feel inside. We're cutting that one out. <laughs> I don't think you should. If you hear any weird noises in the background, as I've mentioned in the previous episode, I live in a New York apartment, and boy oh boy do noises come with it, and so does little space to record things. So I'm in a hallway. <laughs> Along with Jesse, once again. You remember him from last week, and if you don't, he's here to introduce himself again. Hello, it's uh, Jesse Kunis. Uh, I am a chocolatier at uh, an Indian restaurant, Junoon, in Flatiron, uh, right next to Madison Square Park. Um, yeah, so happy International Chocolate Day. Thank you, Jesse. For this chocolate day, and for any other day when you happen to have chocolate woes and worries, we're going to be talking about, well, what is chocolate and where the fuck does it come from? Good question, me. Chocolate is a fruit, an exotic fruit, that comes from Mexico. Originally cultivated in Mexico by the Aztecs, and that, that, I think that's it. I was wrong. Originally cultivated in Mexico by the Aztecs for rituals of medicinal purpose, as well as for getting closer to the gods. Now, a commodity, because colonizers can't let anyone have anything nice for too long. Was it, was it? just mexico or um was it also south america because there's like a lot of uh, i've heard of a lot of cocoa plants uh that are from that region i don't know if they just went there from mexico or if they were already there i believe that um chocolate was originally grown in mexico and cultivated there but uh due to colonization and how plants typically travel it made its way to other parts of the world out of both horrific horrific um colonizer demand and well the way of things. Right. Maybe you may be asking, are, are is chocolate come from beans? Because you know you always hear cocoa beans. They're not beans, if you believe that. They're like they're like a weird fruit. They're like a weird white fruit. Pulpy. They're very pulpy. <laughs> yes. Imagine, if you will, a beautiful lavish co cacao pod. It is bright purple. Maybe your is maybe yours is bright purple, but mine is uh, it's speckled with red and yellow hues. Yeah. <laughs> I gave you the shitty purple pod. <laughs> Are but, the purple ones shittier? No, this is a joke because there's no such thing as a purple cacao pod. Really? I, I I feel like I could believe that though. I haven't seen one, but it's something that sounds believable enough. Yeah, it does sound believable enough. Oh, if you hear the screaming in the background, that's because a truck is trying to make its way through. That truck is called a fire truck. Oh, well, I definitely needed that, uh, <laughs> that classification there. Oh, yes, the classification of fire truck. I think, God, I think my other co-host's, uh, neighbor's house might be on fire again. Not again. I hope not again. This, this week has been a goddamn travesty. But you, the listener, don't need to know anything beyond that. Oh, it's getting louder. Yeah, no, they're coming for you. <laughs> Jokes aside, let's get back to chocolate. Chocolate is a delicious ingredient, and you, I mean, we all know that. It's, it's absolutely wonderful. It's been my obsession for years. 
Now you may be thinking to yourself, is white chocolate chocolate? Two experts weigh in. Oh my god, that that is like that is such a common question that if if I ever get into chocolate discussions with people, it's always it's always got to include is white chocolate actually chocolate? And I, I I want you to answer this one first. I mean, yes. If you can temper it, it's chocolate. It's like saying ruby chocolate isn't chocolate. Yeah, I mean, like that that that's actually my view as well. I I'm not one of those people that likes to hate on white chocolate like obviously it doesn't have as much of the the cocoa solid flavor as you know milk or dark but that's kind of the point it's chocolate that you can uh, apply your own flavors to and use as a more neutral flavor uh, when you're trying to make a ganache that has something that's maybe a little bit more delicate that you don't want to try and cover up with the cocoa uh, flavor like I, if I agree, if you can temper it, then it it deserves respect as at least a chocolate. Cool. Did you know you could temper Hershey bars? Yeah, I I can't. You see, okay, I don't believe that. You actually can. I've done it. I've done it before. It sucks. No, because they don't. You, the reason why Hershey bars are so much cheaper than any other kind of chocolate is because they don't actually use cocoa butter. Um, turns out. Uh, Hershey bars do use cocoa butter. They they Just, started using cocoa butter. They've always used cocoa butter. You can't tell me they've always because they're they literally pride themselves on being uh, cheap. You want to know why they're so cheap? It's because they use an ingredient called PGPR, which is supposed to simulate cocoa butter. But they still use cocoa butter in conjunction with that when they haven't stooped as low as British Cadbury. I swear to God, if I find a British person eating a Cadbury bar, I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I don't oh, know what God, I'll don't do. Don't go there. I will not kill the British. That is a joke. That is a joke for television. This is not a television. This is your Spotify Let's radio. Stop. I had no comment on that. I, I have some British friends. <laughs> Jesse Kunis, you can still say fuck the British. I I, I don't want to. I'm I'm not salty over the Revolutionary War. You know, the past is the past. This this right here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, is what we call a centrist. <laughs> a centrist. A centrist of chocolate. The chocolate centrist. It's his. It's his brand new title. <laughs> oh my god! That that I don't even know how that would work, but it sounds interesting. And now you may be wondering why the energy for the um, for this episode is completely different than the episode that came before, and it's because shit happened within the hour between um, exotic fruit and chocolate. And you may be thinking to yourself, what in God's name could have happened within a single hour? And the answer is, have you? Do you hear the engines? Holy shit! What about the dogs? You hear the dogs, you hear the engines. There was a mouse here. God, there was everything. It was cute. Someone started crying, that someone was me. There was a mouse in here, of course. Of course. Of course. Of course, it's Manhattan. I mean, no, it's not Manhattan, it's Brooklyn. Welcome Shit. to Brooklyn, baby. <laughs> Welcome to Brooklyn. Welcome to Brooklyn fire truck that's going by at top speed. Oh, Brooklyn's on fire like 90% of the time. Do you know that we found like a missing person from Tennessee? literally outside on a dirty mattress this is literally getting as opt off topic as possible yeah um so chocolate <laughs> so chocolate chocolate now you may be thinking to yourself what's the optimal chocolate to buy for my application and well it depends on what you plan on making 
not Hershey's. Don't use Hershey's, despite the fact that the big Hershey bars are being advertised for baking now for some reason. Yeah, I think they only recently added uh, cocoa butter because it got completely slammed in the past. I I remember when I first started getting into chocolate that um, I was told, even by my uh, instructor at the, the Culinary Institute, that like... Uh, the reason why Hershey's is so cheap usually is because instead of uh, uh, cocoa butter, they've always used, um, you know, like vegetable shortenings and, and fats that kind of like simulate the chocolate kind of taste. I think it was like what you were touching on with that. Uh, what was it called? Uh, PGPR. PGPR. It, it's something like that where... they kind of just replaced cocoa butter if it doesn't have cocoa butter in it then it's not chocolate in my opinion then you you cannot call it chocolate yes Um, like Cadbury Cadbury is not chocolate Cadbury is a compound chocolate we'll get into compound chocolate in a moment or Nestle Nestle is just evil also Hershey's is Hershey's is evil but I feel like Nestle is even more evil just because of the level of like inhumanity not relating to chocolate yeah. Like they go they go beyond like Hershey's they're bad they're a bad chocolate company. But but Nestle they've also done things that are evil outside of chocolate and inside of chocolate. Yeah. Do you care? They're making it more interesting. They're giving a dog's perspective on chocolate. <laughs> you know, I guess I should have said in the first step in the shit, not the first I mean I, I fuck it. In the intro. I should have said this in the intro, but if you hear dogs barking, I apologize. I have four of these furry little monsters and they would not shut the fuck up. And they're giving their insight on chocolate. We just can't understand them. Their insight is please don't feed us chocolate, we will die. And uh, <laughs> just don't feed They don't know that. They don't they don't have science. Honey knows that. <laughs> Hi. I have four dogs and they have stupid names. We got Honey, a small little brown dog. Uh, Brownie, a small little white dog. Uh, we got Jumbo, who he weighs like 65 pounds. He is a pit mix, and he's a bastard. And then there is Teddy, a skinny brown dog who looks like a red fox lab. Fox red lab. Whatever, who gives a shit. And man, oh man, do I just want to throw him into my arms with affection. I <laughs> saved him. You, 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 you. We have gotten immensely off topic. Back to where we were. So chocolate. Chocolate. So you may be thinking, what in God's name should I ever use dark chocolate for? And if you're not a religious person, you may be thinking, what the fuck do I use dark chocolate for? So you use it like this. In anything you want to use it in. Just don't put it in chili. I beg of you. Oh god, yeah, let's get into percentages. Anywhere from I would say the fifty-five percent to one hundred percent range is dark chocolate. Anywhere from ninety um, to ninety um no, no, 90 to 100%, that is ultra bitter. 80 to 85% is really kind of pushing it, but 70 and below to 55 is like, that's that's what I call eating range. Un- unpopular opinion. Very unpopular opinion. But um, dark chocolate, like above 80, 80% is, is kind of booty. I also agree, because I think it tastes like dirt. Yeah, it pretty much is. It's it's it gets really gritty after a certain point, and it just does not have enough cocoa butter in it to like actually just. It doesn't, and the lack of sweetness. You're literally only using that for flavor. If you have a higher than eighty percent dark chocolate, you're either a cynic and you love 
making your mouth dry out and have astringency in it but um you're also using it for flavoring things like that that's the it's actually a very efficient way to like flavor up a ganache that you want that dark chocolate aspect to come out of but just be careful because a little bit goes a long way an astounding insight because i completely agree um i found some chocolatiers are like try our double dark chocolate midnight bonbon and you take oh, a taste God. of it and it feels as though you have just shoveled a bunch of dirt into your mouth and there is no sugar and there is no dirt. salvation chocolatey dirt chocolate <laughs> dirt oh boy chocolate dirt that's what i would call like oreo crumbs not whatever that bonbon from hell is fun fact though i have heard also that um chocolate that's over like 80 percent cacao like uh like cocoa solids is actually also very healthy for you from um certain perspective like if you it's like wine where if you have like a uh glass once a week or or every other week like it's supposed to do wonders for your heart for your heart health that's it, it could be cap it could be just like something that um is a rumor that a lot of chocolatiers have talked about but it is something that i have heard and I'm not 100% sure if it's true, but the lack of sugar and dairy uh, leads me to believe that it's possible to be true. Thank you. We now move on to, what do I use milk chocolate for? And well- Everything. He says everything? Absolutely everything. Like you can use it so liberally. And so milk chocolate, as he says, use it for everything. I would say, you know, to give some depth of flavor to your chocolate chip cookies, add that with the semi-sweets and chopped milk chocolate. Make hot chocolates out of milk chocolate. It's delicious for ganaches. Great for bonbon fillings. Drinking ganache. Yes, drink the milk chocolate. I did that a lot growing up with a Hershey bar mixed into hot milk. Oh I... my god, Hershey's. Shut up, I had a, a love of it. Oh my god. I, my... This was back before they had cocoa butter in their chocolate. Listen, it was purchased for me by my beloved great aunt, who is no longer with us. Oh, Therefore, this yeah. So that R. was R. like fifteen. Yeah, it was like fifteen years ago. I still miss her every day, but yeah. I, I actually have an uncle, uh, uh, a grandpa that I, I that died a long time ago that I really miss. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. So I get that. <laughs> oh boy. God, how much of this is gonna be chocolate, and how much of this is gonna be trauma by the end of this recording? Where the fuck was I? Oh yeah. Well, we were talking about all the uses of milk chocolate, and I have to revise my statement. It's not necessarily for everything, but it's definitely a lot more usable than uh, extremely dark chocolate. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that even though it has like dairy and milk solids in it, it's a good way of easing people into uh, you know certain chocolatey items, mm -hmm. uh, especially for people who aren't like that much in love with the intense flavor of dark chocolate. Milk chocolate is like you could enjoy it on its own, and you can enjoy it like in moderate in like larger amounts because with dark chocolate you can only eat so much mm -hmm. you can only use so much too it'll be super bitter if you use too much dark chocolate yeah i agree with you i would say it does depend on the brand it does because when it comes to like say hi i'm obsessed with new zealand so i'm going to talk about the whitaker company for a good five minutes of your time Ooh, good. so yeah. the whitaker company has a very long line of amazing products that, unless you're a New Zealander, are most likely never going to get your hands on. Sorry. New Zealand's far. New Zealand is far, but Canada's closer, and they only have a very limited range of those bars. 
They're all part former parts of the uh, British Empire. Hi, that's my downstairs neighbor who does not know I'm doing this today. Cool. They're about to find out. Yeah. That's Browna. Shit. Who? That's my downstairs neighbor, Browna. Uh, talk about chocolate. I'm gonna be right back. All right. So, chocolate. Um, let's talk about white chocolate. So, white chocolate is good for when you want to flavor something and you don't want that cacao, uh, like cocoa solid type flavor. Like, you know with milk and dark that you actually taste like the cocoa solids. With uh, white chocolate, you do taste the dairy, you t sometimes you'll taste vanilla, um, but you should also get a little bit more of the hints of cocoa butter. Uh, cocoa butter is very aromatic um and i use it primarily for when i make ganaches and i want something to come out and i don't want the flavor to have to battle the uh cocoa essence of it so uh for example like i have uh an aloe or a mezcal, uh, aloe mezcal bonbon, and I make a mezcal ganache, and I use white chocolate so that I could get a little bit more of the subtle nuances of mezcal. It's a little smoky, it's a little like spicy at, at times, depending on what you get. Not like capsaicin spice, but like it's got like some kind of baking spice uh, qualities to it at times. Um, so yeah, like if you're trying to flavor, if you're trying to make a flavored ganache, then you're likely gonna want to use white chocolate for that. Um, other than that, like I think also it's worth mentioning that if you're making a ganache and you want to really get a flavor through, it's like something that's very weak and mild. Uh, you don't actually even really need to use white milk or dark chocolate. You can also use cocoa butter uh, as a stabilizer for your ganache. Whatever he said, I'm pretty sure it was incredibly informational and resourceful. Part of the, the Brownie Bitten Club, apparently. Uh -huh. Hello, this is my friend Brown. Yes, also sorry. upstairs Hello, neighbor. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> okay. Was... Hello, podcasting world. If you hear my neighbor, this is my neighbor Browna. Hello, and I'm getting out of your way now. <laughs> You're fine, don't worry. Hi, we're sitting on her stairs. The more the merrier, right? This is what Brooklyn's all about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> BK. <laughs> Not Burger King. Not Burger King. Brooklyn King. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yay! We're 25 minutes, and I'm pretty sure it's all bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, most of this is bullshit. I actually said some stuff that you're probably going to want to cut out. I stopped. put it in the I'll kill you folder. Yeah, you could put it in the... I, uh, I just... I don't know. It's okay. <laughs> For me, it's hard to talk about chocolate unless like I'm being given like direct questions. So I think we can save this if I try to save this. Alright, now I'm going to talk about tempering. Tempering is the act of aligning cocoa butter crystals so they have this nice snap and shine. And most people don't know how to do that. Yeah, so when tempering chocolate, yeah, obviously you do your temper test. You'll put it on like a spatula or something. And um, within three to five minutes, uh, the chocolate should set. You'll know the chocolate's set because if you uh, gently, gently touch uh, 
the surface, it uh, doesn't leave a fingerprint anymore. If you touch the chocolate, it won't leave a fingerprint, and um, that's how you'll know it's set. Now, if it's streaky, if it's streaky, then that means that you need to. Um, it's underseeded, which means that it needs more stirring. It possibly needs more uh, cocoa butter or chocolate. Um, it should be shiny, as always said, and uh, snap obviously. If you bend the spatula or anything, like the chocolate should like kind of almost crack off of it. That's a, a good tell uh, that the chocolate is very well tempered. The, the faster it sets and sets with shine without streaks, the uh, more perfect the temper is. And by that, I mean like three minutes. If, it's bef if it sets before three minutes, either maybe your work environment is a little too cold or um, it could possibly even be overseeded, but that's unlikely. Um, I do also use the uh, seeded method because a to get the uh, the the other methods are uh, they have their caveats and B um, seeding is just like the most traditional way. Um, the other ways of tempering chocolate uh, included are also tabling in which you uh, melt down chocolate to uh, about like 45 degrees Celsius. Then you uh, pour, like, I want to say 20% of it onto a, a marble. It, it does have to be either a marble or, like, a granite or a slate or something that will absorb the temperature of the chocolate. Um, and you move it around with using two spatulas, trying to, like, agitate it and uh, force the crystallization of the chocolate. Um Another actual method, though, that I've learned about that I would like to uh, recommend for anyone out there who's interested in tempering chocolate. Um, this is actually a particularly faster way of tempering chocolate, and it's something that I've simulated in my... Uh, I haven't done exactly, but I've simulated in uh, my chocolate kitchen, is uh, the ice bath method. Um, basically, you know, you melt down your chocolate over a bain-marie. Uh, always do that, by the way. If you, you can melt it in a microwave, but you're more likely to burn the chocolate, which will ruin part of the chocolate, and you'll get a nasty clump in there. But uh, after you use a bain-marie to... Uh, after you use a bain... Puppy, shut up. After you use a bain-marie to melt the chocolate... You take the bowl of chocolate off the heat and you uh, stir it around. You add, you add your seeded. So basically, how it works is um, once you've taken your bowl of chocolate off heat, you uh, stir in your uh, chocolate, your seeded chocolate. Um, and by the way, when you're seeding, uh, doing the seeding method of tempering chocolate, you want to use 25% of the chocolate that you've melted. So, for example, if you melted down a thousand grams of uh, chocolate, you're going to want to add uh, like 250 uh, grams for seeded. Uh, anyways, though, once you've add your chocolate in, you let it get to the point where the seeds have just about melted, and at that point, you start cooling it down a little bit with uh, the ice bath right next to it. 
obviously you don't want to get any water or any chocolate i mean any water or any ice in the uh, chocolate because that will obviously create separation and ruin the chocolate but um, using the cold to bring the temperature down you want to uh, bring your chocolate to about 27 to 28 degrees uh, celsius uh, which is where the the proper crystallization starts and um, you remove you only leave it on the ice bath for short like three to five second intervals just to bring the the temperature down gently um but yeah actually when i do the chocolate tempering at janoon and i do the seeding method what i do and you might actually get a kick out of this ollie is i um i melt down uh the chocolate i add the seeds once the seeds are like just about like completely melted i go down to the walk-in fridge mm -hmm. and i stand in the walk-in fridge with a big bowl of chocolate like stirring it like crazy just like trying not to incorporate air bubbles but still stirring it and agitating it um you can always put the uh chocolate on the edge of the bowl mm -hmm. to help cool it down faster for the most part, I, I feel like I'm I'm in a good place. Alrighty. This episode has been a shit show, but we're making it so. work. I, I think I think it, it's been a, a very fun episode so far. I believe at one point before I went to go talk to one of my favorite neighbors, um, I was talking about chocolate brands before I had Jesse take over, oh, and yeah. guess what? There's a lot of chocolate brands I would like to recommend from anywhere from the beginning chef to the professional pastry chef. Oh, I have a few to add to there, too. We will take turns on this. Okay. I, of course, am a whore for Valrona, and I would recommend any and all of their products for anyone who just wants to eat chocolate to people who love working with chocolate. They have chocolates for all of your chocolate needs. My personal favorite is their Caribe 66%. I would eat the entire bag if I could, honestly. It costs $100, usually, on, like, Amazon um, for that bag. More if you go to WorldWideChocolate.com, which is not Amazon, and I understand if you want to support that. Um, now it is Jesse's turn to talk about a brand he is passionate about. Okay, well, I, I wouldn't necessarily go about saying that these are chocolate brands that I'm super passionate about, but there are a lot more options that are uh, on the market that a lot of different uh, chocolate shops use. Uh, for example, Felchlin is a Switzerland-based uh, chocolate company. They actually make like a few vegan uh, chocolates as well. Um, they're used by Chef Louis Amato, who, if you don't know who that is, he's one of the world's greatest uh, chocolatiers. He has pretty much invented a ton of the techniques that you'll see uh, flooded all over Instagram whenever you look up like chocolate bonbons or anything like uh, like what like he he fathered techniques that um, that use like a spray of alcohol and water and create like these crater effects on uh, chocolate shells and everything and he does incredible work with Felchlin so. While I'm not necessarily someone who goes out of my way to buy Felchlin, that's a very good place to start, and a lot of very reputable people use that. Um, on top of Felchlin, uh, another 
chocolate that I've used is uh, one called Noel, which is not necessarily the highest quality that I've worked with, but it's definitely the best for the uh, price point. Um, I can't comment on how much it was per uh, per bag when we got it, but I know that my chef was telling me that the primary reason they got it it was uh, that it was a cheaper brand than a lot of the other chocolates that we do, but it's still quality enough to use. It's it's cheap comparis compared to like say Valrona, but that doesn't mean it's not it, that doesn't mean it's in the same level as like Hershey's. <laughs> Like, or Nestle. Um, on top of Felchlin, on top of Noel, there's also Michel Clouzet. I, I, I'm almost positive I've butchered that name. I'm not good okay. with French. No one speaks French here, except for maybe the French. It, yeah, well, um, so they're, they're the primary chocolate that I actually use at Janoon, and... Um, I, I would say that they do have very high quality chocolate. I, I have noticed that it's a little bit pricier than, um, you know, obviously Noel. And it, it's actually even comparative, eh, comparable to uh, Valrona. Um, but it's, it's still, like, worth trying if you ever um, have the opportunity. Um, it depends on your supplier, uh, your restaurant or kitchen's uh, supplier. Um, what else? There, there are like other chocolate brands, but... And I I'm... have many to speak about. Uh, Hi, it's me again, and I'm here to talk about things I love. And th by that I mean the Guitar Company. Oh god, really? I love their chocolate. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I just... I, it's not the first chocolate I go for. I understand. They have... Hot diggity damn. They have a sweet variety of chocolates. If you were going to pick up chocolate from their company, just pick up any other, you know, what am I trying to say? What I'm saying is, go to your local grocery store. If they have bags of guitar chocolate chips, I would say grab some if they're on sale. But only if they're on sale. It's a chocolate that you buy if it's on sale, really. Like, uh, every time I go to Whole Foods and it's like, oh, get two bags of this for $7. That's in my cart immediately. I personally love their super cookie chips. As well as their bright pink bag. It's like a coma extra semi-sweet. It's 55% cacao and it, I love it. I would eat that by the fistful. I am a little freak that would sit in front of the couch watching true crime documentaries eating fistfuls of chocolate chips. Oh my god. <laughs> You're not kidding though. I know you. Actually, I do want to also speak on the fact that um, I do have like a slightly different uh, view on chocolate. I, I, I'm not hating on Guitard or, uh, or a lot of those big name brands, but I will also say that there are a ton of artisanal uh, chocolatiers out there that are making a lot of really, really impressive chocolate work. Um, yeah, for example, there's this one um, company, it's both uh, gay-owned and uh, an Indian chocolatier. It's called uh, Madhu. I, I believe they're based uh, out of Texas. And um, I, I don't know if I'm like fully able to say this yet, but uh, Janoon is actually working with uh, Madhu to create a Janoon-inspired chocolate bar. I can cut this out if they're not okay with that. Okay, yeah, well, I'll ask my chef real quick. I mean, I'm sure he's not going to... Yeah, I got you. But, um, but yeah, no, there's uh, chocolate companies like Madhu, uh, which I, I, I specifically like to support, like, you know, 
um, artisanal, smaller company uh, chocolate bars. They're actually more than you would realize. There's also Milk Boy, which I believe they um, they sponsor. I, I don't know if it was them or another company that sponsored Billie Eilish. Um, one day she was eating like a vegan chocolate or something. I don't know if it was Milk Boy or if I'm confusing it with something else. But um, there's this one chocolate company that Billie Eilish, she was eating and she was like posting about on Instagram and such. And um, like with without even like saying or doing anything, they ended up like reaching out to her and like being like, hey, would you like to be one of our sponsors? And they put her face on one of their chocolate bars. Wow. And yeah, she's now the face of a vegan chocolate bar brand. I, again, I don't know what the name of this... Uh, company is but if you like Billie Eilish and you follow her then you'll 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 probably see it on her profile at some point I would like to, um, I would like to shout out two chocolatiers um, one who is um, here in New York specifically upstate New York they are called fruition oh yeah fruition is actually a pretty big name um, a lot of the chefs at uh, uh, the Culinary Institute are very much aware of them fruition is one of my favorite places to get chocolate upstate yeah. They have lovely little flavor combos. Um, they did like a honey lemon ganache um, pill-shaped chocolate recently. I mm. love their stuff. Um, and they also sell blocks of some of the chocolate that they um, use for enrobing um, in 500-gram um, blocks that anyone can just pick up. I would suggest going in person if you're able to because their stuff is top-notch. And then I'd like to do a shout-out to a UK brand called Frankly Delicious. They are. They do vegan chocolate bars. They also do regular chocolate bars. They have these lovely blends. They are very, very small scale. They are UK only. And you know what? I could just sit here and talk about chocolate brands that are small that you should support for probably literal hours, such as Pump Street Chocolate in the UK and Dandelion Chocolate in California. Because those are both excellent. But you have a life to live. And so do we. Actually, I do have one more, um, one more uh, chocolate brand to shout out because they are making seriously, insanely awesome um, chocolate. Com- they're making seriously, insanely awesome chocolates. It's called Compartes, I believe. It is uh, based out of Los Angeles, California. Uh, but just definitely look them up. They make amazing chocolate bars with a lot of insane ingredients. You'll see for yourself. Thank you for that. I'm def- actually, I might just check that out later. That sounds really good. Oh, I'm and- sending you the info. Thank you. And if you happen to be by Canal Street, please check out our friend Daniel Corpez. He graduated from CIA, and he's genuinely amazing. You may have seen him on School of Chocolate, where he was one of the competitors, uh, one of the youngest competitors, mind you. Oh, yeah. And he should have won, but we are biased. He, he, was al- he almost did. He almost did win. Yeah. But, um... There, there definitely will be a part two chocolate episode in the future. Uh-huh. Thank you for listening once again to Using My Degree. We'll be back next week.